0: Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman.
1: All right, ladies. So on this episode, we have a guest with us. We have Crystal Day joining us, and she is a powerhouse of an author. She has nine books written, which is amazing. I, I need to find the time to read all nine of them. So I'm sure they're all equally as great. Um, so she coaches. She coaches also other authors, helps you get your book. So if you have a story inside you to tell as well, she can help you do that. So I'm just excited to chat more and learn all the things. Her newest book is, we'll let her tell you the title, about insecurities. And um, I think as a lot of women, we deal with all of those things. So I think it's a great book to start off with, kind of talking about, since that's your newest. So, so thanks for being here with us, Crystal.
2: Listen, I'm so excited. I got up so early this morning to <laughs> just prepare and, you know, for this podcast. So it's a pleasure meeting you, Rachel and Erin. Yes. So my last, my most recent book, Their um, Insecurity Release Self Doubt and Activate Your God Given Gifts, um, has been released this year er, in January. And that came from the conversation that many of us don't want to have regarding insecurities. So I feel like we're in a society, especially with Instagram and this is almost like you're always supposed to be on fleek. You're always supposed to be this confident woman. We're always supposed to be go, go and get it. And if you're not, it's almost like you struggle internally with these feelings. Like, will I ever measure, measure up to all these women that I, identify with are these women that I admire and I just decided to have a conversation about insecurities because while I would have persons would have seen me on the outside accomplishing these things you know nine books and she's speaking and in Jamaica she's popular and I know that I've pumped myself out of many opportunities because I felt like I've never been good enough. And that's where their insecurity comes in, right? I'm like, I started to have this conversation. Anytime something came up to have me feeling like I'm not good enough I literally started to say no dear insecurity bye right no I'm going to go after it I'm going to you know write another book I'm going to go after that client you know I'm going to raise my prices in my business however I started to speak to insecurity and that's all you know releasing self-doubt and you now activating those gifts that God has given you to be a blessing to others.
0: Oh, that's, that's right up our alley. And you're speaking my <laughs> language. So, I mean, I don't know if you've had a chance, but I, my book is Chasing Perfection. And that really resonated with me because that's what I was doing, chasing the next best thing. And, and when we find ourselves in that comparison trap, how quickly we find ourselves saying, okay, well, this isn't for me. And we, we throw our God-given gifts and our, our dreams and hopes and all this stuff into that gap, that comparison gap, and let it just wash away. You know for many women, and we, we've had many conversations about this stuff too, you know, whether it's on the podcast or just in everyday life about how many women are falling victim to that comparison and feeling that they're never going to measure up. so why even bother? And we see this and, it, and it's just it's defeating because we know that if we allow the enemy of attack come in, they're going to win. But I would love you know, it, throughout this whole episode, really to get the takeaways and, and the ways that women can combat that and really step into their power and live their God-given gifts and fulfill their, their dreams and hopes and all that stuff.
2: Yes. I mean, so there are, in the book, I share different tips um, that I believe that would have been helpful for me. No, I'll probably share the top three ones that come to mind. One is defining success for yourself, right? I speak to defining success for yourself a lot because all of us would have... Had different experiences, right? Somebody might be from a more well off family. As a result, they are able to go to college a little bit easier. They're able to go after certain things, educational level, a little easier versus. You know, I grew up in the inner city in Jamaica where, you know, there is a lot of violence, there is a lot of poverty, right? Um, Most of the persons in my community don't get a quality education, they barely get to finish high school. So me going after a college degree was like in the one percentile of -hmm. the community, right? And It meant that I had to work a little harder than probably somebody else, right? So for me, defining success for yourself is, um, you know, getting into that alignment with where you are at, who you are at, who you are, and then now aligning what you feel at peace with what that success look like at that moment, right? So I talk a lot about defining success for yourself. Another part of it is just to level up your faith. Right. I literally, that's the name of the chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. Level up your faith because all of us have a level of faith. Right. So, for example, if we are about to sit in the chair, we don't look to wonder if the chair is going to be able to hold us up. Right. We have faith that if we sit in a chair, we're going to be OK and we're not fall. Right. But then we don't have faith to. Okay, um, especially because I'm an author, I'm a book coach. A lot of women are like, but who will read my book, right? But I'm not popular, right? I'm not good at English, right? Um, I can't find time. And what I try to say is that you have to start with having a little bit more faith in who you are, in who God has called you to be, and to know that you are a blessing to someone, right? You can be a blessing to someone. And then the final thing is, when I was writing the book, the Lord everybody was saying you know insecurity they they you need to be more confident. And one of the things I believe that God was saying to me was that, no, it's not necessarily becoming more confident, but knowing your identity. So the antidote for insecurity is identity. Because when you know who you are, right, you don't have any reason to compare, You don't have any reason to doubt. You don't have any reason to feel less than yourself because you are defined by who God has called you to be. And, you know, those are some of the tips that I shared in the book.
0: Can I just say, I just got like goosebumps all over. I just got those chills. Like I'm still, they're, they're like still crawling on my skin right now. Mm. That was so beautiful and so powerful. Like, and that's, you know, for, for having like a little bit of my testimony shared in that as well, is that when I learned to let go of who and what I believe I was supposed to be, I was able to step into who I am and whose I am. And that's, yes. awesome, that's the grounding foundation that no, no matter what I am enough, and it's exactly who I need to be. And that's enough for to be of service, to fulfill your God-given mission. And, you know, we're going to mess up. But when we, again, go back to the foundation of relying on whose we are, yes. the rest of it just becomes, like, it falls to the wayside. Like, we don't think about it. But, oh, my goodness. I like I just had to tell you that it literally, like, <laughs> chills down my arms and my hair standing up. Love
1: it. I think that's great, too, because I feel like... And writing your books is such a powerful way to, you know what I mean? Like you're, you, you know, your identity, Crystal, you know, like you, who you are, what you're meant to do. And that increases your confidence because you have that faith in what you're doing. And I think it's so brilliant how you're helping other women kind of step in and maybe men, I don't know if you work with just women, but people writing their books, writing their story, because I feel like when you're writing your own story, you're kind of forced to look at things and realize those who you are and define your identity and, and realize what you've been using to identify instead of God like who God tells you you are yes
2: yes I, I, I do believe that all of us go through these self doubt right and it's okay I think what what we need to be real with is that she Erin is not you know more bright or more brilliant more smart than um, Rachel you know I'm not more like there's no more we're all we're all on the same level all same level people playing field but we just have different gifts right we have different like um my daughter would say like mommy cannot comb here like she's nine and I don't comb her here like I can't comb here right but somebody else I mean like I have my little sisters they could comb here from they were like five six years old right they could so the things that they are great at I am horrible at right and then there are things that I'm good at there they're like ah no that's not for me and if we get into that zone of yeah like genius as they call it where I am good at something Rachel is good at something Erin is good at something but guess what we need each other like we do need each other. And if I she don't step up, if each of us don't step up, then the world is missing something. Right.
0: Yes. And that's that's a community effort, is that when we all come together, we, we're we're puzzle piecing together the bigger picture, which yes. is what we're all meant to do. It's just, you know, we're all meant to live in and love and harmony and, and joy and all those things, not those fear and cripple and doubt and just worry and all the things that you know really just hold us down. And at that starting point, that many of us don't even take that first step.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: <laughs> uh, love, it. yeah. I mean, this is amazing. So, what what other tips would you say for somebody who's who's kind of just looking in this big gap, right? That that divide between you know just getting started to somebody else already accomplishing. So, you know, for for somebody who's published nine books, like. What was your biggest, I think, fear factor at that moment of just starting even your first book? (laughs)
2: Listen, Rachel, I feel like you just put me on the spot a while ago because (laughs) my story was before Christ, before I became a Christian, like I was not a nice person. I was really (laughs) like, I mean... I don't I don't I don't know if at this podcast I can be so real.
0: Very real. Very real.
2: <laughs> but at 16 I did an abortion. Um at nine years old I was sexually molested, right? By the time I was 18, 19, I was very promiscuous, being in multiple relationships, right? And the funny thing is because I was very educated, I was going after my dreams career-wise, you would not have been able to see. That was the kind of person, you know, I was. And coming into a relationship with Christ, it kind of revealed that I can't be two different person, right? Um I needed to come into alignment with who he, came, he he called me to be. And I tell people that I came into a level of freedom to accept that I've made a lot of bad decisions, but they don't define me. And again, as I mentioned, I grew up in the inner city of Jamaica, which is considered like the projects in the US, right? You are defined like in Jamaica, you are defined by where you are from. I mean, you would not get certain jobs if they put if you put certain address on your 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 resume right so you are defined a lot by who you are, and I had to come into a a place where I'm not defined by anything that i've done or where i 'm from right, but I decided to have a vision for my life and go after that so to answer your question where can someone start? I started to have a vision of what I would want my life to look like differently from what I was used to, right? Because I was used to sleeping on the ground because we have two rooms, Five kids, two adults, some of us had to sleep on the ground, right, for many years. But my dream was one day to live in an apartment complex, one day to be able to sleep on the bed comfortable, to, to be able to have a bathroom that's inside, right? I had to have a vision of what that looks like. And even in the tough days when I didn't see, the vision didn't seem possible, I had to keep going and believing in that vision. And I think for many persons that are listening so I want you to stop and just think about where is it that I want to be a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, right? And develop a level of discipline to go after that, right? There's no, like, there's no magic formula, the level of success that we want. It just requires work. It requires det- work requires discipline, it requires keeping that vision in mind. And that's how I wrote my first book. I stopped thinking about what I've done, what I, you know, who I am. But I started to think about, okay, who can this book be a blessing to, right? Mm -hmm. Who can I bless? And when I kept my eyes focused on that and all other books that I've written, I don't think, because... I, I don't think I'm the best writer there is, you know, like a Daniel Steel or, you know, like I don't think I'm the best writer. But what I focus on is who can I be a blessing to? What's the vision for that book? Who is that? And then I just write in that way. And that goes for any, any um, thing that you want to pursue.
0: Wow. I mean, thank you for sharing that. And that you know, we say to keep it real, and that's exactly what it is, because when we when we have our guests on, we always like to share this backstory because it's never about the successes and the accolades that we, you know, like to talk about, but it's really that the middle ground, that messy middle or the struggles that really help shape and shift us into who we're becoming. And I love that you kept that just so raw and real and that's really the, the premise of that authentic you and that's that journey to self-discovery and for you to really know yourself and now seeing it full circle having no knowing where you come from versus you know having that vision and knowing where you're headed and for many of us we get stuck in that that middle we think that our past defines us or the mistakes or whatever it is that that we have done in the past can't move us forward and i love that you shared having that vision because having a vision is so important. You know, if we don't have a vision, we perish, right? So we don't have something to look towards. We don't have a future. We don't have that hope and we don't have that dream. So if we don't have that vision, we don't take that first step. And so I love that you bring that in because it really does empower that individual to see beyond themselves and see that there's something more and greater for them to, to pursue and step into that calling. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that because it, I know many of us can relate to that. I mean, I, for one, can relate to many of that. And so just having that bravery and courage that when we own our, our, our truth and our story, it frees us from the past so that we can move forward into our our purpose. And that's exactly what you're doing. So amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you.
1: I am a little curious when I'm like, your story, right? Which is powerful. And I'm so glad you shared all that. I, but I, in the back of my mind, I can't help but wonder, where did this come into play where you were like, I'm going to find who I am in Christ, right? Like did, was it where you, did you grow up faith-based, but maybe just didn't really pay attention or did somebody introduce you to Christ and you were like, wow, that's um, powerful. I just, I love those stories and seeing where people get um, that.
2: All right, so Jamaica is considered a Christian country, right? We tell ourselves uh-huh. we are because, you know, we were able to have devotions at school. We are in the Guinness Book of Record as the, country with the most churches per square mile right so yeah so we there is a level of most of us would have been exposed to what Christianity looks like whether through school whether through you know going to Sunday school at a young age and stuff so while I was exposed to God none of my parents were Christians right so I was exposed to God we'd have known about praying you know you would have I was and I was in Catholic church, so you know about praying to the healing Marys. So you knew that there was praying, which allows you to connect with a higher being. I think, as I got older, I kind of started there was just something that I knew that there was a God that existed, but to be honest, what I saw of Christianity was a lot of restrictions. I love to party. I love to wear pants, I love to dress up, and the level of what I saw in Christianity was you can't wear pants you can't you have to wear a hat on your head, you had to get your hair natural, and that's what I saw, and it felt very restrictive, so again, I just kind of Stayed far, you know, you go to church to feel better on Christmas, you know, New Year's Eve, Easter, because you know that, you know, Jesus died for your sin. You don't know what it mean, you know, but you know that something made sense. I think a very close friend of mine, he died and I was about 19. He was about 21. But how he died, he visited a girl and her boyfriend came and shot him, right? And we were, it was like my first boyfriend when I was a kid. And we were very close. And I remember, I think death is one of the ways that God uses us to remind us how immortal we are. How mortal we are and how, you know, we don't have control over everything. And I think his death kind of started to build my curiosity about what this God thing looked like. And um, I mean, by then, you know, pastors would have preached to me and prayed for me. And to be honest, I don't, I think it was just... One day I went into a church, so I had two boyfriends and both of them left me. And I don't know about anybody else, but I thought I was so in love with two of them, I just couldn't choose. So I was like, why not, you know, like, why not just do both? And then the both of them find out and the both of them left me. And I remember how heartbroken I was. And I went to church and here's the turning point. I remember being in that church and the pastor was talking about the love of God. And I think this was the first time I heard about the love of God. I've heard about the wrath of God. I've heard about God is going to just just judge me and I'm going to hell. And I'm going to... But I heard about the love of God. And in that moment, I needed to hear about the love of God. And that's where... You know, my life started to turn around because I saw God not just as oh he wanted, He didn't want me to ha- not have sex and enjoy myself, but I saw Him as He loves me so much, He's protecting me from soul ties, he's protecting me from heartbreaks, he's protecting me from a life of sin and you know penalty, and yeah, that's how basically I became who I am in terms of this Jesus girl, you know, I really <laughs> just learned to embrace the love of God, yeah and to share that love with others. I love it
0: so much. Beautiful. And, and, it's, and it's amazing when we could share that testimony and that's our gift to the world to, to really show that it's not just about the rules and the doctrine and the you know fitting in this box where when we look at that from the faith perspective, it's like it, it welcomes everybody and anybody, we, no matter how flawed and how messed up our lives may look or feel on the outside. It's not up to us to judge that, and it's just we come as we are, and that's where it's a beautiful transformation when when we see the work of God through our lives.
1: Yes, I love your story. I think you're amazing, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Really, it's it's been a
2: long process and what i've learned is just to be i've learned to be authentic and persons either love me or do appreciate <laughs> me and my yeah. realness but what i realized was i made a decision when i came into church there was too many facade like if you're sad you're supposed to say i'm blessed and highly favored when you're sad when you're going through you lost someone they would say oh you know god had a plan that doesn't take away the fact that you're hurt or, you know, you are, I just made a decision like, Lord, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not going to fit in this cliche box of what Christianity is. This life is hard. Whether you're in Christ or not, life is hard. And in Christ, you have that pillow, that, that, that assurance that he's with you, but it's still hard. And I want to walk this hard with him. Right. And I want to be a blessing to others to let them know that you are not alone. Right we're all walking this walk together. We're all walking. However it looks for you, we're walking it together. And yeah, I just made a decision to be real, right? And and share the realness and know that God loves you, but you can still struggle with something, right? And he will continue to be there. And we as a body should continue to be there for each other.
0: Yes, absolutely. I, I love all of this. I mean, this is just so spot on with both Aaron and I as as well as uh you know, we're we're obviously our, our Christian faith, but also, you know, just having this platform through through the work that you're doing is just another way that we could be of service. So mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about your, your other books as well. Is this kind of like the, the journey of your life as well? Like, you know, tell us more about those books. I know we talked about the your your book with the insecurities yeah. and if you would please mention that title again, but also we want to know more about your work. We love that you're so passionate about what you're doing and you're purpose driven and, and it's a beautiful thing that we get to give back to others as well. So please, tell us more.
2: Listen, I am so humbled by this interview. You know, I was looking at the topics on the podcast and I'm like, like when I saw it, I was like, I really love to be featured on that podcast. Like I feel like I could add some value to the audience. So I appreciate um, being here. So you're right, I'm um, both a lead up. So like my first book, Living a Royal Reality, it was about discovering my purpose, worth and identity in Christ. I shared all of that story and it was scary because at the time I did not tell my parents like my parents thought and I was like Mary had a little lamp kind of girl <laughs> right so when I wrote the book I had to kind of call them and have a conversation like you know I wrote a book and the, the true me is gonna come out but know that you know I'm still a nice girl that you grew <laughs> I just made bad decisions right so that that's what that book and that book became a best-selling book Um, book within like two days of release. It was, I got an award in 2018 for the most transformational book you know, for that book also. The next one was Empowered for Such a Time as This and that talks about um, living the lukewarmness right? How do I move from living lukewarm to being on purpose for God, right? So I kind of take them because I was, I, I, although I got saved, to be honest, I went back to party and actually got pregnant in church, right? So this is a Christian girl with the belly in church, right? <laughs> so I kind of shared about how to move from that level of being called to live to be purposeful. Then I've written a few devotionals, you know, draw closer to God, um, how to draw closer to God in a practical way and not the hairy, fairy way. And then other books, you know, about becoming a life coach. I have a teen. I have a teen devotional also because I love working with teen girls. And I found that I couldn't find a lot of content to help them on their walk. And not just a Christian walk, but just to help them to discover themselves. Um, so I do have a living in a Royal Teen Edition where 11 girls, they wrote their story, right? Um, they wrote about, you know, their struggles as, as teens. So that, you know, it was really a blessing. So, yeah. I think that's kind of where the books are. Love
1: them all. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like like being a, being like a, a, I coach girls basketball and I feel like being around a lot of like those teenage girls, I feel like there is no like structure. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the time where you're going through the most like changes and hormones and feelings and all that kind of stuff, but then there's no like guidance along the way, right? It's like when you're a kid, maybe people, it's easier. And then as an adult, you just figure it out. Well, you know what I mean? But that age, I think that's great. I need to find those teen devotionals and I feel like get some for my girls that I coach. <laughs> And one of the <laughs> things,
2: and, and even the Living and Rally, it's Teen Day Edition, I like when, when teen girls read, the other teen girls read it to see that there are other teen girls going through what yeah. they have gone through. I mean, the parents issue, a lot of them share about, you know, just the disconnect with their parents, you know? Um, yeah. I remember, you know, some of the girls would have shared about cutting themselves, you know, about the idea of wanting to commit suicide. How do, I, how do they deal with boys, right? Mm, so... Yeah. To be honest, I'm very passionate about teen girls because I feel like especially with social media, they are now even more bombarded with where do I fit in? You know, where do I fit in? So, yeah, to be honest and, and somebody that's listening, believe me, I did not know this would what my life would have looked like. Honestly, like I wanted to become a politician. I wanted to do law and become a, and go into politics in Jamaica because I saw it as the only way that I would be able to help people because I always desired to help people. But when I came into a relationship with Christ, I, I asked, you know, Lord, how can I leave a mark? How can I be a blessing? And this is why I write books for to answer the problems that I feel like many persons don't want to talk about or, you know, it's, it, it's not just about, oh, writing a book to become an author, but oh can I write a book to be a solution to somebody else's problem? Yes.
0: Oh, so so good. A, you know, and I think that that's uh, something we, we sometimes miss the mark on when we think that we're just doing the work just to do it. But when we do our work as a place for service, we don't realize like how much of ourselves we give, but there's really that not having an expectation, but it's just a place of saying, I know if I can just help one person that that's what I'm, I'm meant to do and taking our life's experiences. And for many, we think like, well, who am I to write a book? Who am I to, to share this? Who am I? And so really that self-doubt, which I love that you talk about in your book, you know, the insecurities and self-doubt, but really how to just embrace it and say, it's not about me. It's about serving other people. And if I could be an inspiration or be of some sort of beacon of, of light and hope for somebody else, then that's that means that I had gone through that for a reason. And I love that you share that in their book. So, you know, especially I mean, as, as women here, we all kind of started at that early young age into our teens. And so I love that you're giving back as well and helping those women. So both you and Aaron, I mean, doing such exceptional work in that in that field and just helping kind of shortcut that so they don't have to go through it for as long and as hard that we did or you know, however long that we kind of are still I mean we're still processing this. This is our journey, right? It's our life. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. Never ending is yes. awesome. So how how can people find you? I know that we we really want to share like your work and just all the goodness that you're you're putting out there into the world and just serving other people as well. So tell tell our listeners how they could find you. Um, how they can work with you, like all the goods. so let's let's dish it all out.
2: <laughs> so, as you mentioned, i well, I believe, well, I not believe, but I know my purpose in life is to help women to live a wholesome, godly lives, right? And I do that through speaking. I do that through my books. And I do that through my podcast, um, Diary of a Jesus Girl, right? But In that podcast, I have these conversations that nobody wants to talk about. So we talk about masturbation, pornography, abortion, like things that church people, money, you know, nobody wants to talk about money in church. So we have these conversations that nobody wants to talk about. So you can find me on um, those on my podcast, Diary for Jesus Girl, but also I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, I'm um, as Crystal S-D-A-Y-E. And, you know, my website, as you said, in terms of work-wise, I own a publishing company. It's a faith-based publishing company and um, I help uh, persons, women of faith kingdom leaders to write, publish and market the books that God has placed on their hearts. So, you know, whether it be a story that you feel like oh, I've been through something, I want to share it or it could just be a knowledge, you know, and you want to put a different spin to it, I'm able to coach you to get that book out. Yeah, so that's what I do in terms of work and Yeah, I just, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm okay with realizing, because people used to say, oh, you know, why is it that you want to just work with faith-based people or stuff? And I do work with non-Christians, but what I found is that a lot of persons Women of faith especially, I think the insecurity comes in a lot more for them because they are trying to seem like, okay, I don't want to seem like I'm judgmental of somebody that's not a Christian, but I still want to be authentic to the Lord. And I find that because we struggle with that balance, sometimes we stay stuck, you know, without, and not wanting to put ourselves out there. And I want to help other women of faith to, yeah, to build empowerment based businesses, right? Where they can write, speak, mentor, still charge, but still impact. And and that's my mission right now. Um, you know, where the Lord leads, I don't know. I just
1: follow.
0: Oh, awesome, awesome. Oh my gosh. Your work is so good and so needed. So I would, you know, just having you on here, we're we're so grateful for you to give back to our community as well. So this has just been super, super great. So we just want to thank you for being a guest and just being a guest and just sharing all your goodness.
2: I'm truly, truly humbled to be here. I don't. I tell people I don't take it as, uh, you know, lightly when somebody invites me on their podcast or, you know, their platforms, right? Um, I truly, truly appreciate it. And I'm very humbled to be here. So thank you.
1: All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast.